Welcome to Master in Music and episode number 10. Before I start the introduction, I'd like to remind the listeners that Master in Music is free to listen to but not to make. So every little contribution to making the podcast exist furthermore is most welcome. You can contribute by going to www.masterinmusic.com and buy me a coffee. There's a little icon then in the end of the page. If you like the podcast, we encourage you to screenshot that you are listening to it and tag Master Music or a Swedish cellist so we can spread the musical inspiration through the world and inspire more people to encourage in music. For today's episode, we are going to meet a living composer, Vikintas Baltakas. He is an intriguing and fascinating composer and conductor. He orange from Lithuania. He studied in Karlsruhe in Germany for Wolfgang Riem and uh, he studied conducting with Andrea Weiss. He has conducted the Bavarian Radio Symphony Orchestra, the Deutsche Symphony Orchestra in Berlin, the Rundfunk Symphony Orchestra in Berlin and Ensemble Morden and Klangforum in Vienna. He has participated in competitions and had amazing results in both composing and conducting. Peter Oetvers describes him like this. What is remarkable about Vikintas Baltakas is his own brusque, harsh, very attentive and confident declamor, his personal musical language, sometimes amusingly brittle, always explorative, always active and professional, his consistent development, his constant development, the versatility of his artistic creativity and his permanently progressive musical stance has encouraged me to nominate him for this prestigious prize. Conservatory Maastricht, where he is the composing teacher, they describe him like a musical sherzad. His music keeps pulling you in and referring itself, sometimes branching off and reinventing itself, and sometimes returning to where it started. He waves musical stories that are linked with a delicate interconnected web. In this episode, we talk about how to compose music, how to find your inner personality, what makes a good music and great musician, what he thinks are the keys to composing. We also talk about the future and what it will bring, how to communicate and much, much more. I didn't want this interview to end because he was so thrilling. Ladies and gentlemen, now we are going to dive into a musical universe of Vikintas Baltakas. He describes the piece that we are going to listen to like this. A bright scherzo, Corona, for smaller ensembles from Orobos. He took the formata in the measure 313 and used that as a sonic object of the seed. The title is a little misleading in that we may mistakenly think of a fermata or a corona as just a pause. Just fermatas are very full of energy and multiplied in multiplied levels, almost like watching a hummingbird hovering over the distance. They seem almost motionless, but the energy and actual motion beneath that cool surface is tremendous. Such is the case with corona. 
with energetic covering elegancy levitating the music.
Welcome to Master in Music, Bikintas Bautakas. It's a very beautiful name, but uh, you have to uh, be a little bit intelligent to do to uh, do the pronunciation right. Right. And you're from Lithuania. I am. A beautiful country. I've been there. So I, I think it's a really, it's a, it's a beautiful, a little bit uh, intriguing mystery country because it has a lot of forest and lakes and yeah. What do you think? Uh, yes, uh, I love my country. Yeah. It's uh, you're from Sweden, so yeah. I I think we have a lot in common. And uh, speaking about nature, speaking about the relation to the nature. Yeah, but now we are not in uh, Lithuania. We are sitting in uh, in the Netherlands in Master's Conservatorium in a room called 207. So we are in your working uh, working space because here you are teaching as a composer. Right. Uh, but you're also a conductor, so you have um, like a divide personality, or you have both. How much is conducting uh, a part of being a composer, and how much is composing part of being a conductor? Because it's leading people, right? For me, it's not so much about leading people, it's more about being a musician itself. Because this kind of split into the very kind of narrow specialties of being only conductor, only uh, composer, and basically uh, like uh, like you have many composers which are sitting in, in their own rooms, and after that they're leaving these rooms only to play some pieces. And uh, I always needed to 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 have this direct touch with uh, performances, with, uh, with musicians, with playing music, with learning from it. And that's that was from very early uh, times where I actually I discovered this need, and I always continued uh, doing it. And I think it's uh, in my eyes, it's, uh, these are not uh, two different things, and not split of personality, mm-hmm. rather as one around thing and uh, like like a coin from two sides and to, because to be honest a good performer should be a little bit conductor and a good um, performer should be a little bit composer and good composer should be a little bit performer so uh, in when when it's this like that so it works best actually because uh, by performing other pieces you really, you have to go beyond these pieces you really have to make it, uh, them your own and it's the same uh, for composer uh, sort of anticipation about uh, about the musician about the performance practice is absolutely necessary. So there's a symbiosis between the both. Absolutely. And do you think it helps you that you have the conduct? Of course, you said that it helps you actually uh, already, but uh, because I'm I'm imagining that the, as a composer, the communication between you and the performers must be um, it's like one of the not big issues but the challenges to make them understand what you have in your head when you compose something it helps to be a a conductor i guess because you have that approach as a conductor when you look at the piece i guess absolutely this is a very good point uh, because because, uh, indeed uh, this is special uh, language you know uh, you need to know which buttons to push in order to achieve one and another result and you don't need to conduct always but but uh, indeed working with musicians understanding them and uh, knowing which actually registers or stops like an organ brings to a certain result and how to communicate them it's essentially important that's why for example in uh, with all my students uh, in Maastricht uh, for me it's extremely important uh, not only to write pieces but to, to do the whole cycle writing performing rehearsing recording even and uh, and uh, performing in public spaces in real concerts not just some kind of simulation and uh, we, we try to get as much as possible some rehearsals in to our classes so uh, we really like it we can learn to sculpt life 
for example. And that's exactly what you learn, how to talk to musicians, uh, which buttons to push. There's a little bit of psychology actually in it, because you have to predict how a certain uh, symbol will make the musician think and then react to that in a sound, make that a sound reaction. Yes, it's a bit psychology, but at the same time, it's, it's uh, learning the language, basically. It's uh, learning how to, uh, how to express in a very efficient way, short and strict right thing so they can immediately react so you really should know actually to which words and which languages uh, which sentences the musicians react but also in my experience when i uh, play modern music so uh, music when actually the composer is not dead then i feel like they always uh, invent new symbols or a lot of the times i see symbols that i never saw in in, uh, in old music so i am thinking that the language is evolving also as uh, as the composers are developing more uh, kind of verbs and consonants and dissonance and in the language of composing and i'm very interested of this because i uh, a lot of the times i write a lot of things in my scores like I color it and I make it like really different. And I had another flutist uh, I, uh, here in my podcast who is only playing uh, modern music and she's a professor in modern, uh, modern music playing. And she also said that the composers are evolving more with uh, different also colors and also symbols. But she actually wrote a book about how to read music in the modern uh, times. What is your advice for people reading uh, music that is contemporary? It's true, it's uh, very essential. And, uh, this is very different to the old style. It is quite different, but it's maybe it's less different as we would think about, because actually it still, still has very clear rules. It's not just like a wilderness where everybody is just inventing something new. In that case, I would say it's rather bad case. Mm -hmm. But actually, this is not new anymore. I mean, this kind of development is almost 100 years now. And basically, it has very clear rules how to proceed. Change one symbol, adapt to, to your needs, etc. But, but it has very clear logic behind. And basically, for, for me, let's say when I work here with composers or I'm also teaching in, in Vils at the Lepene Theatre and Music Academy with performance, with uh, specialized for contemporary music. So basically, my, my point is you cannot learn all different symbols, you can, but actually you need to learn the, the language, how to read them and, uh, how, and the logic behind. And I think uh, as far as soon as you know that, after that, every individual case becomes uh, becomes kind of easy to understand. And if you want to add a symbol to the music language, do mm -hmm. you have to like apply to do that or you just add it in your composing? Because, I mean, if you want to add something in a normal language, you always have to like write to the academies and say, okay, I have a, a correction <laughs> in the language, you know? But with music, is it the same? Because no. you said that you have a comment. No, it's not the no, same. No, it's not the same, but uh, let's say uh, one general rule, what I'm always saying for vocal composers, if a sign exists already, use the sign. If the sign is not precise enough for your needs, you can add something new. But again, in the, in the framework of, of already existing signs, so it's actually, it doesn't contradict the, the, the signs which already do exist, but but there are books uh, to be honest about this, and one of the best uh, books is kind of old, so almost like uh, 60 years old. It's by a German uh, 
composer Tarkovska, mm-hmm. and uh, which actually very clearly, very systematic explains the the, the logic being behind and uh, let's say it gives quite many uh, different exams and of course now we are quite advanced now but uh, I think uh, the main things didn't change. So do you have like a vocabulary in um, a situation taken uh, like a um, like a little vocabulary book that you can look in for science or how do you know that the science exists like where do you find the science because the music programs have science but they develop every year and mm-hmm. I guess it's coming more and more science so how do you like as a community with composer how do you communicate the different science between each other there are not so many no. new okay. science to be honest I mean uh, it's uh, it's not really totally needed to 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 communicate between composers because I mean every composer in a good score should, should add some page with notation explanation and uh, let's say maybe you can find one or two maximum very specific new things which which and you tend you see and if that action let's say uh, will be used more often and if the sign is good so uh, slowly the community is, will take it. yeah so actually is uh, and uh, in the opposite way if the sign is suddenly not uh, usable too complicated not understandable uh, confusing but just uh, will be will stay only in that particular piece so you... this is kind of easy process. Okay. Yeah. Did you invent a sign yourself, or how do you did did you invite invent a lot of signs yourself when you composed your pieces? Not really. Not okay. really. I really try to uh, try, try to stick to to existing signs. Yeah, with that rules exist. It's good. And uh, sometimes if something specific is needed, you search for it. Okay. And you also said that you want the musicians to also be a part of the composing process. And how much do you expect of the musician to add to your music when you write it? Mm-hmm. Because I guess uh, I know that every time I also play the new composed music and sometimes the composer were happy with what I added and sometimes they were not. So how how do you look at that collaboration? Yeah, it is a very interesting question. It's uh, it's rather a philosophy how how we look at music actually than some kind of practical technical question. Because um, for me it's a very good example is if we look let's say to the classical music and the interpretation. Let's say take some Beethoven symphonies. Yeah, if you go to the library you could find maybe twenty different uh, recordings of the same symphony with different conductors, best conductors, best orchestras and and, um, you know, why I'm saying best because it means actually they're really respecting the score, yeah? They're respecting the score and they're taking it very seriously. And uh, the interesting thing is every of these recordings will sound very different. And uh, sometimes uh, you are really surprised to, to discover certain colors, certain instruments, certain uh, combinations in the same piece we have, we have heard a thousand times and it's somehow it sounds different. And um, that's what I would say, uh, that's interpretation. Interpretation for me is, uh, let's say, it's a discussion, a round table discussion where we all sit and we have a theme and we all have our argumentation about this theme, a grounded argumentation, but, but the, the, the position and the point of every, every discussion member is, is, is different, but it stays the same question. And that's, I think that's what is very interesting. It brings uh, that 
particular question or in this case a piece of music in every time in different light in different light out of uh, from a cultural position from a personal position etc but uh, with a big respect for the piece itself without changing it. and so uh, and i think that's that's great that's a big enrichment for 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 music and actually basically that goes to the core of what music is because there is no one version there is no the score is is i don't call it music the music score is just like a stupid manual description about which button to push it which moment but it has nothing to do with music the music is it's very contemporary thing it's it's a thing that happens and sounds only at that moment and so if if we have a musician which are let's say, taken with the same care and the same, same responsibility and seriousness uh, your, your music, that only enrichment for your, uh, for, for your music. And it's, I'm always very happy to hear it and, and very happy to hear that the, this piece simply lives in, a, in, in different time, different location, different space, etc. So um, this is uh, really only to support yeah, but but to make it very clear that there's uh, let's say sometimes uh, comes a difference when uh, the piece will be not taken seriously. Uh, it's some kind of fast food uh, work and and just uh, how to say it's simply somebody doesn't want to play it. Yeah, in that case, in that case, uh, it's not uh, not not much addition to the piece because it's kind of the basic is not yet there. And so uh, I think it's totally a different situation. Where in that case, I'm not happy about these differences. My conclusion would be that uh, like a really good musician is actually a musician who can understand the language of music and they read the scores very uh, carefully and truly. And also when they interpret the music, they are actually keeping the music alive. So the different versions that come when great musicians that really thought through something a greater version is that it keeps the music alive and if it didn't uh, become different version between the different musicians it will not really be interesting enough or it would be a little bit lacking um, an extra spark because it wouldn't be alive absolutely but but this is i mean just make music uh, to keep music uh, human thing yeah i mean uh, because even even the same person playing in different condition let's say a mental different condition or a different space uh, creates totally different beat yeah and i think it's great i think it's uh, that's back to your first question you know this uh, and i said uh, a Good, in my eyes, a good musician is always a little bit a composer. Mm. I not really uh, in a, a literal way saying that uh, should compose uh, notes, pitches, or change something. No, it's just simple. Get the piece so far inside that actually, basically, at some point, it becomes his or her piece without needing to add something but just that becomes a direct expression of, of that person. And I think uh, in that case, uh, that this particular addition of particular human being is just nothing but great. Yeah, I also think that we've seen that in history, like Jacqueline Dupuis made the El Garcello concert really famous, and there also happened with other really great musicians like Rostapovich, and oh, now I, I know mostly the cellist because uh, I'm a nerd in that. But uh, I think that also happens a lot that the musicians can bring the piece to life by really uh, taking care and taking the time to 
to see what the pieces are about and yeah, bringing really great pieces because Elga was not really famous before, but then when she played it, it was like, wow, this is, wow, this is what, what it should sound like. Okay, cool. And then you have one million new different uh, version of uh, that concerto. I mean, you have uh, many examples like, like that, like uh, one of the Tchaikovsky symphonies, I don't know exactly which one, but one of the famous ones. The premiere was very poor and he, uh, Tchaikovsky was conducting his own premiere and uh, that really like uh, like uh, actually the piece was kind of dead mm. and uh, only after it was taken by a good artist and good conductor so that uh, it became very famous and a very popular beat yeah. but uh, after really um, big pers- personalities in the, in the music scene at that moment said okay this piece has no future whatsoever mm-hmm. and that happens a lot for composers in uh, if you look through history like the first time Stravinsky was uh, uh, playing uh, the Rite of Spring for example but people hated it and they were puking outside the concert hall and how do you deal with that as a composer because a lot of the music that you do today they will not appreciate until you're dead or in the future I don't know I, I mean we all live in our bubbles huh? mm-hmm. and um, let's say the question is uh, it's a personal decision do you really t- want to try to uh, to uh, encompass the whole world and uh, to be uh, to make happy everybody mm. Uh, in that case, yes, uh, some people can think about that, and that's very right. But in that, uh, you, you pay a price for that, and the, the, the price is your own freedom. Because in that case, you really kind of you get to be very, very universal, which actually would feed, would make happy everybody. Yeah. So, so you see, even with pop music, actually, every time you get you get a let's say some interesting uh, artistic personalities, which uh, start to to get more and more personal expression, they are getting less popular mm. because they they leave this kind of generic uh, room. So and uh, the, and at that moment you come to the decision question actually what do I want to do in the life and I don't believe in the afterlife and don't don't believe in the incarnation I think life is now mm. so I want to to do interesting things right now and uh, means that actually I choose rather to for me it's more important to just to keep doing interesting things for me, and if it's, let's say if it's uh, if it's well appreciated, it's great. But you don't try to to convince everybody who doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I, but another question is that um, let's say uh, it's a little bit assumption what you have said because it's uh, how to say. Uh, you have all these, these bubbles of contemporary music, or you have a bubble of classical music. You have like a very different scenes actually, mm-hmm. uh, circles. And uh, and I think you can the circles is, are quite populated. So so you're not alone doing that. So and and even I would say even this assumption in this in the sense that let's say we have every normal person actually. Uh, listens to a lot of contemporary music unconsciously. Uh, let's say being in on streets, being, uh, walking from the supermarkets, from different supermarkets, etc. The problem is, I think it's very much in that for music we are still using the infrastructure of 19th century for mm-hmm. a concert hall and uh, and kind of very old and very unattractive way of presenting music to people. Yeah. And uh, so that creates a, some kind of trample for many, many people to even to go to a concert hall and to even discover something because you cannot run away it's, it's kind of 
fix with the uh, whole environment and it's not so really not today anymore. I really like agree with you there actually when I was a student I was thinking exactly the same thing and I was like how can we make people enjoy music and how can we actually make them come to the concert hall because it's very practical for me to be in a concert hall because I have a, a control over the environment and I have everything there you know the great piano so you know and then I, I started my company it's called takeaway concerts mm -hmm. so I started to go to people and play for them in their houses and in their boats and in their gardens like god knows I've been in every location you can imagine rich or poor with dogs without rabbits everywhere you know and it really was cool because people it was a total different audience mm -hmm. they were hiring me to come to them and when I came to them it was on, on their terms so they were not scared mm -hmm. in the same way because the concert hall is a bit scary because you don't know when you can clap you have to dress how, how do you dress you have to be fancy and in some kind it has a little bit aristocratic feeling you know yeah, that is rich snobby. people yeah people going there and especially classical music and it's such a pity because it didn't used to be like that yeah it used to be like if you wanted to listen to music you went to the concert hall because you didn't have spotify or youtube at home so you went there you know and especially like if you look at the theaters uh, like the globe and stuff like this that shakespeare were doing like really way back it was common people going there also it was not only like the queen and yeah. her family so we have to think about how, how to reach out to people but it's also when you say that the mu the contemporary music is everywhere I really experienced that when I was listening to your music I was like wow I, I recognize these sounds it's like I heard them before in the in the society mm -hmm. so I really think that was something that I could see that was really like you in some way and uh, yeah now I got it confirmed so I was like yeah okay that's why I felt that way it's not only my feeling but I really felt that it was like I, I don't know I felt like supermarket and mm -hmm. I was like, this feels like I'm in, in Brazil or something. I, I can hear some maracas or something. But it wasn't a maraca playing, actually. But it was mm -hmm. just a impression of it. Every piece is different, of course. But basically, what uh, my, my idea is a little bit back to, to a question is, 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 is I think it's uh, we definitely need to search for places. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. And I think every piece really look at not in a very generic way, just mm -hmm. everything, just like in a, a factory way, just putting in the same boring concert hall. Yeah. Certain pieces are great in the concert hall, but uh, certain pieces absolutely not. I've heard uh, one of the best performances of uh, Steve Reich uh, string quartet mm -hmm. you know different trains yeah. in the train station of, of Brussels yeah. that's that's. I mean it, I cannot even think about a better place for this piece yeah. and uh, and some pieces are better to play in uh, coffee shops and, uh, and a bar mm -hmm. some pieces are in the opposite and need total silence and isolation and maybe the people need to, uh, to just lay on the ground yeah. and and have no light and just just uh, totally close their eyes and basically that's what I hope. Yeah. what I'm doing every time when I'm listening to music or let's say when certain pieces are good in the concert hall but, mm -hmm. but just I think that's uh, that's a point now we have, it's too much of this kind of uh, concert hall business yeah. and and we are getting wrong people often how, how we say this or aristocratic and they, they, these aristocrats or oh, I would call it snobbies mm -hmm. often the sometimes, people who live in the break that's the people I'm talking exactly. about sometimes <laughs> uh, some part of these people you are, they are interested in music and mm. they are probably listening to your podcast I hope so and and some uh, and but probably a bigger part uh, is just people coming to talk to show uh, themselves and uh, and actually any disturbance everything everything 
going out of this normal, regular, and what you expect, what basically contemporary music is, mm -hmm. every time new music was, it's disturbing. Yeah. So it's kind of almost, uh, it's a, a conflict, it's almost pre-programmed. Uh, yeah. Because we are not coming here to, to listen to music. So that's, uh, uh, so I think there are quite many questions, but, and the, I think the, and there is no one answer. So I think that the only one answer could be in such a way that actually we should uh, get out of this routine thinking and really start to look in every situation very kind of specific, yeah. specifically. Yeah. And maybe if we create our own spaces, like if we go to different, if we meet the people halfway, mm -hmm. we will also not have the problem of being unemployed and lacking uh, work because a lot of people feel that, oh, it's so hard to be a musician because there is no work and not allowed because there is a limited places in the concert halls. But then I'm thinking, yeah, but you can play ev everywhere actually and you can play for all kinds of audience and when you find your audience you will have uh, work because it's also like these bubbles you are talking about that if you create a bubble of people who likes what you do then you will have a mutual um, symbiosis because you can give them something that they like and they can give you something that you like absolutely or you need so yeah, yeah I think this is uh, again uh, now getting to uh, of, uh, drinks another important question like communication to your yeah. problem like uh, being together I mean uh, living as a musician probably was always uh, always hard and probably will remain hard i mean it's um, so but that's the life this is price for for having fun basically <laughs> but i think it's it's absolutely true that that, uh, that the communication in such a way it's very important and it's not just a routineers uh, going from one constant hall to another mm. and also like I mean, I don't want to say that people should do anything to please the audience, but they should at least care for them a little bit, because what is the point of performing something if you don't care about what people, if you don't have, if you yeah, say fuck you to your audience, sort of, because I think also if you are interested in them, they will also be interested in you, because it's... Yeah, it becomes like a symbiosis. You cannot only have a, a ego that demands attention, uh, sort of. But I wanted to uh, go back a little bit. Like, how did you end up here as a composer? Like, where where did it start when you were a kid? Oh. Did you, was it your parents or did your parents like, oh my God, uh, or someone should be a composer or what happened? I it's to be honest, it's uh, was very natural because my both parents are musicians. Huh? And this is, uh, and they parents were artists. Okay. So it's like third generation of, of, of musician, artists, etc. And so. Uh, what do they do? They are playing. They, uh, my, my father is a clarinet player they, in yeah. the orchestra for 40 years, the National mm -hmm. Symphony Orchestra. My mother is pianist in the pedagogy, was important field, etc. And um, and another thing is, I grew up in this uh, strange country, uh, historical country, which was called uh, Soviet Union. Mm -hmm which we all hate, uh, at least in Lithuania. Yeah. But uh, one interesting paradox was, because actually you couldn't make money anyway. Mm. It didn't make uh, any difference if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, or if you're a musician. You you will not get it. The only thing where you can, could get some special uh, shops was, was if you doing the, if you have been the part in the making career there. Mm. Yeah. But if you do just any other uh, regular stuff, so the financial part didn't play any role. And so actually then kind of a very natural conclusion after that came by many people, just do what you like. Mm. And so so for, for my parents, it was just like, uh, it was very normal, very obvious, very clear, actually. Uh, yes, uh, you do music great. Mm. So uh, 
it's a little different situation, let's say, from when I talk to my wife. She, she's Belgian and, and for, for brave parents that was a question, okay, but uh, after that do you make enough money mm. or something like that? Maybe uh, before you need to do, to say, study something real. Real, yeah. Uh, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, but, but this was totally not, mm. uh, uh, not a question in, in our cases. And uh, let's say, since you are a cellist, let's say, yeah, my mother was in the same special school for music uh, with David Geringers mm-hmm. and, yeah. and all that. Uh, like uh, famous musicians and it was uh, we kind of landed in the same school and uh, basically from seven years old uh, we're on a path and uh, let's say maybe it's not always good to have this kind of sort of automatism as well but in my case it worked uh, so I discovered quite early that I want to, to write music I remember that I still I was not allowed to have composition class. Mm-hmm. Not allowed. Uh, no, but, uh, but by whom was it? By no, but I was uh, simply too early. Uh, too, too young. Yeah, okay. too young. And so, uh, so they had to, uh, to write my sister's name in order to pay uh. the, the, the the teacher for. Yeah. But so. Uh, uh, that was quite early and quite automatic and uh, let's say did you play I, an instrument in the beginning also yeah I, I, I my instrument is piano yeah but I, it was uh, choir conducting at that school mm-hmm. that was why I had these two kind of specialization choir mm-hmm. conducting and theory yeah. and because in the theory you had uh, composition so let's say when I finished the school uh, with uh, 18 years old I was quite uh, advanced uh, on the kind of uh, musical language etc yeah. So, and after that, uh, I went to, uh, the, the door was open, yeah. I went to study in uh, Germany, to Wolfgang Green, mm-hmm. and in Karlsruhe, at the same moment, uh, Peter Edwards was uh, in, uh, in the same Musikhochschule, yeah. and that was a very inspiring time and very intensive time. Did you have to apply for both conducting and composing mm-hmm. at the same time, or did you... Yeah. I did I did both. So you did both yeah, bachelor did, or right I did yeah. both and uh, uh, only like Peter at first he was doing uh, let's say he was doing ensemble of contemporary music so I had another conducting teacher as well but but after one year I had I was very in close contact with him and uh, talking about compositions and uh, doing assistancy for for him uh, with his projects and uh, following his all workshops etc. Yeah, cool. How do you experience Germany compared to Lithuania? Because it's very different countries. It's very different uh, countries, of course, and it's I mean the question is very broad. Huh? Yeah. But I mean it's how to say it's for I would go very specifically about the school. For me, it was a right moment at the uh, right place for a right moment. This Maybe my general philosophy about uh, music teaching, there is no perfect teacher, there is no perfect school, there is no perfect method, yet, but it can be a perfect teacher method of school for you at that particular moment. That's basically your for your needs at this moment. And uh, let's say before I started three years at Lithuanian Music and Theatre Academy, mm-hmm. and at that moment it was quite scholastic and conservative. And so let's say having all all this music school done and music academy for three years for me going to Germany was very nice very open and brought in so really this feeling of freedom mm-hmm. and then I think too uh, I was very curious yeah 
because uh, I mean we lived kind of uh, behind a wall and we knew something. I mean some some contemporary music was com- coming through Poland, which yeah. was a very progressive country at that time, and particularly in the music field, mm-hmm. like Warsaw Autumn is like one of the biggest festival at that time. And um, so, but but still not the same. I mean to hear about it and to hear some parts, it's not the same as being there and participating in the music life entirely. So for me, when I came to Germany, and, and another very important part was just basically, I was sitting the whole time in the library, listening to music, recording it, going to all possible concerts with uh, tickets or without tickets if I didn't have. So uh, yeah, in Germany that's what was uh, very nice. I mean, uh, Karlsruhe is in between Frankfurt and Stuttgart, so we have a lot of uh, concerts in, in these places going. So I was constantly on my way to, uh, to, to listen and discover something. Do you think that's a key to learning a lot as a student? Like uh, to listen a lot to concerts and going to concerts? Because that's what you did a lot during your study time. I think so. I think every person is a little bit different. But I think, uh, I mean, now the situation is different because now we have uh, so much of information and almost too much. And so our work now is almost uh, to to install a good filter of information. Mm. Uh, but sometimes I'm confused when I meet uh, students which are not curious. Yeah. So, uh, because, I mean, you can say, okay, I'm not interested in this or that, but it should be something what you're interested for. But when I, uh, I meet the students which, uh, which are interested only for themselves, that I ask a question uh, if, uh, if that could lead to anything. Mm. So find a curi- curiosity that leads uh, to more um, development, maybe. Absolutely. It's a and, good, and, uh, yeah, absolutely, because, because uh, you know, uh, None of the teacher can can give you others everything. Plus, um, I mean, curiosity and and active experiences uh, like uh, working with sound, living sound, experiencing the sound, and not just uh, writing some something on on your desk. Yeah, maybe that's also like if you physically go to a concert, you will have the full experience of the people of the sound with people in a hall somewhere like you get a whole concert because actually when you listen to something recorded maybe it's uh, it's not the same because it's artificial <laughs> like it's in a studio recorded a lot of the times and it's not with an audience and a lot of it is cut and and mixed it with to sound the best it's not a reality it's kind of a fantasy sometimes that we are listening to on our um, digital uh, world and society so if you actually go to a concert you will have a totally different experience and maybe that's also that trigger you because you also talk a lot about spaces and how they influence the music and if you really want to compose something fully maybe you have to also be in the spaces absolutely yeah and absolutely and that's if you still can connect to, to the uh, rehearsals and then um, yeah and uh, yeah how do you uh, do you have any like advice for composing students like what makes a good student you said curiosity yeah that's uh, basically uh, one of the oh, of important ingredients. I mean, again, every student is different, uh, but let's say mine uh, goal as a teacher is not to make them write a certain style or something like that. My goal is very clear is to let them come to themselves, what they are, because every student, every person is very different and very unique. But if you would let me now spontaneously to create a poem, mm. it would be a total cliche 
mix of some kind of snippets from yeah. uh, from all poems I have learned, uh, yeah. heard, and uh, basically it's the same uh, with the composition. Mm -hmm. And this is a process which is maybe an ongoing process which never stops. Basically, uh, discover first learning to discover what what is what is burning yourself, what is actually what is what interests you in music or whatever. And, and 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 the second part learning to express it efficiently, efficiently, so so that 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 can be expressed. And uh, this is basically that's what I try to do. And uh, in this process of uh, you know when we come to a music uh, academy like with 18 years old or 20 years old, we are already so covered with opinions, with over opinions mostly, yeah. and with um, habits, with all possible stuff. And, and basically, and let's say sometimes uh, not all students are very open at that moment to to kind of. To undress, to be honest, yeah. uh, to undress and to get to the real uh, personality, yeah. and to, and we still want to, to be often um, in a few different places. We still want to have uh, to be very popular and they, uh, but at the same time we want to be creative and we want to be uh, and this uh, and uh, basically to get to uh, to, be, to yourself. That's uh, this authentic yourself. Is mm -hmm. uh, often it's not uh, not what uh, what is. What, what we try to achieve very often. Yeah. So, um, so you're almost a mental trainer <laughs> before you because uh, you have to get to the core of the person before you can teach them or help them with their expression as an artist. I think it's it's a big part uh, in in, in a teaching us yeah. anyway. It's I, I don't think the composition is special uh, only composition is, is dealing with that. But but uh, I mean instrumental teachers are probably equally uh, busy with psychological questions. I hope uh, so. Because it goes about the insecurity. Yeah. You're on the stage. You're alone. Maybe you are. You have to show yourself. You cannot hide that. And uh, by composer, it's exactly the same thing. And uh, you have to be uh, strong in order to uh, to do that. And uh, plus plus uh, certain extra insecurity comes when you when you still need to need to learn how to express yourself. I mean to 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 learn simply functionality of, of music etc so and and of course that's uh, that support is very important basically everybody <laughs> basically goes at some moment through crisis yeah. yeah I uh, I really feel relieved when you said that if I would force you to make a, a poem now it would be very silly because I sometimes when I am uh, trying to work some specific composer or something I try to uh, like compose something in his style. And it always turned out to be super pathetic. Like I laugh my ass off when I read it the day after, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the worst. But I only do it like one time or two times, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I got the style now. Sometimes I just give up because it's so silly what I'm writing down. But it's funny that you say that you have to like really process something a lot of times before it's ready. It's not like you just put yourself on a chair and you write something, and it's like, oh, it's really good. I mean, uh, the whole thing is process, yeah. and uh, even you know when you think uh, at some point you achieve something. I mean, I mean, achieve musically, achieve, mm -hmm. and and you are happy with what 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 it, what it is. So it's uh, you think it's freedom, but uh, but it's just an illusion. It's a, it's a new cage in the yeah. room, yeah. and uh, which. Uh, can make you happy for some some time and after that you again you look for new perspectives so and it means actually you again you need to learn new things and new uh, techniques new ideas etc yeah. so that's that's an ongoing process
So I have uh, now I have uh, a lot of new questions. So first of all, I want to ask you, like, what do you do when you? Because here you have uh, you have students who comes who wants to study for you. So what do you look for when you you pick them? Because is it curiosity and uh, self development and or what? What do you look for in a student when they apply for being your student? How do you decide who can come and who cannot? It's a very good question, and it's very hard to decide to be honest, mm-hmm. because uh, sometimes uh, let's say. Let's say in uh, later you see that I was totally wrong. Mm. Let's say positive in the positive sense. Yeah. I mean you can see that, that you know it's a, let's say 20, 25 years old. It's like a moment of of uh, the person uh, biggest one of the biggest development times. Yeah. And so uh, it can change very rapidly and radically as well. And uh, so there is uh, too bad, but there is, there is, I mean, you're not free from mistakes, but sometimes uh, uh, positive mistakes, so you're totally doubting, and, and then after a few years you see, wow, it's one of the best uh, students. But uh, back to the question, uh, you look because you said yeah. earlier that you look a little bit on what you can help them with. Yeah, I, I look for uh, for having a musician. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, that's one element would be like somebody who is uh, sensitive of sound, who is sensitive for music, who can play something, who can. Uh, and another uh, part is uh, um, trying to understand the potential as a creative. Uh, being to see how much creativity and how, mu- how much openness is there. Is that somebody is coming just to uh, with a wrong idea of, of becoming a pop star, mm. or is there somebody can somebody go with real creative ideas? And let's say in the entrance exams here, I give one uh, ad hoc exercise, um, yeah, task, which is actually kind of contradictory, it's provoking, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a visual uh, piece of visual party, mm-hmm. which often has only one letter or one uh, word or some, some written in a strange way, etc., which is definitely not what you would expect a poem, mm-hmm. and I call, I call it poem, and I say, look, uh, this is... Um, uh, this is basically this is creative task, and you can do anything. Yeah. You can write it. You can write it down. You can play it. You can improvise it. You can sing. You can dance. It. You can do nothing. Mm. I want to see how 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 creatively the people are reacting to this. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me some kind of ideas. Uh, I mean, how far at least it goes. Yeah. Or it can go. Wow, that uh, sounds uh, intriguing and hard. Yeah. So. Now I have another, like, now I get to thinking, so could you uh, describe a little bit the process of composing? Like, how would you, uh, how would you do? Uh, like, if I would uh, ask you, how would you do that? Like, if I give you a word, and then like, can you give me an example of how your process would be? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yeah, uh, of course. But of course, it's just like it's just uh, you know brainstorming, like yeah, yeah, different, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like brainstorming what you could do or something. Yeah. Like just a suggestion for people who wants to practice composing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is maybe not. I, I can say what, how I do, but but uh, how would you practice suggestions? Uh, yeah. but because because there are there are many different methods. Yeah. I mean, you can, we don't uh, want to limit it and and yeah. Yes, to inspire. But some people are uh, this. Uh, let's say I would go to some general uh, let's say so you can start with the hall and go into the details yeah, yeah. so let's say some people are creating forms and uh, harmonies etc I mean basically what you have uh, as a kind of back uh, 
background concept in the sonata form, in the classical yeah. sonata. And after that, you just kind of work out the, the, the details. Yeah? Other people are doing uh, totally the opposite, They're creating the whole out of details and working in a very linear way uh, to the end. I did both, and both uh, methods to have advantages and disadvantages. Uh, so let's say if you go um, from the whole into the details, uh, you realize at some point that actually the details are not so anymore interesting for me because I, I feel like like just simply being a worker who needs to work it out. Um, I'm less creative. I cannot uh, react to spontaneously to the sound, to the to the particular situation. From an outside, if you work in a very linear way, uh, the problem is actually very often comes to a form, which is uh, it's unpredictable and it's hard to to manage. So for me, it's some uh, my way is a little bit in between, and uh, I'm a sound component. So for me, it's uh, I'm not a conceptual artist. For me, the sound is uh, the, something what I'm looking for, and basically the reason why I am composing. Because I'm interested for a particular sound, and that's I want to, to get it. And um, let's say uh, if if I'm getting a commission for certain uh, instrumentation, so uh, within that instrumentation, I start to think about um, uh, about the uh, about search for the sound which interests me. Almost like uh, I can imagine, like a cloud in yeah. my head, and, and and that process can go quite long. So it's really when I feel start to feel, okay, that's something uh, really I'm I'm myself I'm intrigued by that and so on. And after that, let's say, but it still doesn't have uh, it's very fragile, doesn't have uh, too many details, let's say. And but that's slowly out of this sound, you you, you make it more precise. Aha, this is okay. This is maybe going goes somewhere in higher just okay fine yeah, okay but well, this is these are consonant uh, consonant sounds or dissonant sounds ah okay this okay or maybe it's some kind of mix okay and, and uh, uh, it's this active rhythm uh, passive rhythm of of and so slowly you kind of you you get to the details but uh, like uh, let's say in a layer work uh, and uh, basically that particular sound uh, sound maybe has a particular structure, mm -hmm. let's say a four, because uh, normally it is like that. It's, it's not just a random, because uh, any idea has in itself actually a potential uh, length and potential, let's say, of structure. Yep. And it could be maybe a few variations, but not too many as, as we think. As soon as soon you kind of uh, clearly think about an idea, idea frames itself. So that would be my way. So you start investigating first, like if the sounds and right. uh, or a sound that you're interested. Like if they say you are gonna play for, you're gonna write for clarinet, uh, oboe, and cello, for example, then you will investigate their sound. I would, uh, I really like, uh, like uh, try to 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 be in a concert of this. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. in my head and and try to just search what is what is actually what is interesting in that uh, in trio. How I mean uh, to, to to get to the like very particular maybe. Uh, yeah, soundscape. Yeah. yeah. And do you get, uh, like, I guess you get ideas even though, like, in your everyday life, uh, you get, like, ideas? Do you write them down or something like that? Oh, sometimes, yes, sometimes not. Not, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, I was listening recently to a, a writer who writes books, and he always says that he has to have a development. 
in the characters. So they try something and then they don't succeed and then they try again and then in the end they, they succeed with it. And I was thinking like if composing is a little bit similar, that you have a team and then you develop it and maybe it doesn't go fully to where it should, should go. It doesn't succeed all the way and then you try again and then in the end maybe you, you, you finished it by succeeding or not succeeding. or Yeah, absolutely. Like, that, but for me it works in a layer. Uh, so so let's say if at the beginning maybe I have only kind of I only know that it, it is some type of let's say melody huh? yeah and maybe at that moment for me it's not but I, by the next layer I would need to specify it a little more about it, what is yeah. melody I mean, it can be anything so uh, character wise uh, uh, character wise acoustic wise uh, harmonic wise etc. So next uh, next layer would would go more and more and go into that. Try to, you try to reach that kind of ideal sound that you imagined at the beginning. And how long would you say the process is from like the first moment to the concert? Oh, it's just very very different, and it's, it's of course changing. I was not a very efficient composer uh, in my earlier career. Uh, and I'm not writing many pieces anyway, so, so like uh, three pieces per year for me is, is mm. very, very good. Let's say uh, like last year I wrote uh, one piece for orchestra for as well as for the orchestra, one solo piece for here for Musica Sacra Festival and uh, for voice and uh, for Biennale Venice for ensemble and electronics. But uh, this was, yeah. was for me a lot. Yeah. So uh, normally I don't write so many pieces, uh, and because of that, maybe because um, I mean you learn, uh, uh, you are getting more efficient here. I mean that's you're searching for these methods. I mean you do not come, to, you don't not read in the books about that. You need to find a way which is good for you, and it's very often it's just very particular. But um, because it's it's very different. Uh, if you compare to like the the old way, like Bach was composing like a new uh, mess for every Sunday when he was working as an organist. So it's kind of, of course, he's, now it's like very different composing music. It's very different music that you compose than what Bach did. But it's it's funny to see the differences between Bach's uh, working methods and the modern methods, because mm. I would say that it's quite normal to have three pieces a year, uh, at least in my experience, when I see uh, different composers working, because it's very complex uh, music and it's so many layers of the music, and if you're working with electronics, you also need to sort out the technical issues, and yeah, it's a lot of more elements, and then giving the scores to the musicians, and the musicians has to practice a certain time, and you have to work with them, so it is a long process, even though maybe it seems for a person who doesn't know so much about music, like, oh, three pieces a year, that's nothing, you know, compared to being uh, having a more normal profession, <laughs> if we say it like that. But then I would like to, like, go back a little bit to when you stopped uh, the conservatorium, like you not finished, you didn't stop, you just finished, got your exam uh, and everything. Uh, then you worked mostly as a, as a conductor. Like how did you go from being a student to being professional? How was that journey? Because um, that's a difficult journey for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I started to, uh, that uh, was not, not a clear cut. Yeah. I mean, uh, you start to, to, to play the concert, you start to your professional life during the, your studies. Yeah. And I think what, what uh, quite many uh, instrumentalists are doing as well. So mm -hmm. for, for, for me, it was, was a very normal thing. I, when I, uh, basically, I even know people which are stopping uh, the study 
studying instruments where they are getting jobs. Mm. So not not when they are getting the diplomas, but when yeah. they are getting jobs yeah. in a, let's say some orchestras or whatever. So that's that's basically how it happened to me. Uh, so uh, so more and more, I have more and more. Uh, projects and pieces to write and, and at some point uh, the studies were not so important and I finished all that but the, mm. uh, the, this kind of practical uh, um, activities there were much more important and that's why I'm so, so such a, a into a practice orientated teacher as well because uh, let's say that for our class here in uh, Maastricht we have 90 to 10 uh, projects per year mm. uh, we really play music we, we study the music we play we work with real musicians I think that's extremely important because even even doing promotion for these yeah. concerts because uh, and thinking about the places all these questions which you should uh, you should have as a, as a as Composer, as a musician, and um, the same in Vilnius. Uh, mm. Like in both places, I uh, created like festivals for, for my students. And uh, because in that case, when they stop, they uh, officially studying, it's, it's no, it's not not a big thing. Yeah. It's just like so. Your transition know. is is uh, while you're studying, and the study is more like. Uh, a study internship, sort of. Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to, still to react to your question before about mm-hmm. uh, so comparing punk and, and contemporary music. I think uh, uh, this another aspect. Uh, let's see, it's not so much about. Uh, I mean, maybe complex is only one question. It's not so. Not all music should be complex, and not all music is complex, uh, even mm-hmm. uh, contemporary music as well. But the, the point is what is what is different from let's say Bach times or classical times and Mozart mm-hmm. etc. Haydn is that uh, let's say in Bach times uh, the profession of composer was still a kind of very regular profession. It's yeah. just like a being organ player in the church. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you are if you have that job, you have to compose some pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not making Bach small, it's just uh, like yeah. different society. Uh, and let's say more and more in the, let's say in the in time, uh, like it goes about uh, more about art and more about, and art is a personal expression. Yeah. So uh, it's actually going, uh, let's say from the generic rules, what for example sonata form is, mm-hmm. it's an algorithm basically. Yeah. Or Fuchs with this algorithm. And uh, and the, this algorithm, as 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 long you know it well, you can you can work very quickly. I yeah. mean, you had in history some uh, in the classical times some uh, Saint Kings writing uh, concerts for flute, etc. I mean, uh, basically every idiot could write an irregular sonata. That's that's uh, it's not so difficult. Uh, but uh, of course, the the, the importance of, of let's say of, of genius. Uh, of from these composers is actually making it uh, finding moments and uh, it's a little bit different what is special this kind of this, but, uh, the personal touch mm-hmm. and that and that makes them different uh, from algorithm yeah, yeah. but uh, but to say but we, we didn't have to reinvent the whole uh, let's say the whole alg- uh, we start right to invent a new algorithm for every new piece. Yeah. And what, what is happening now is, and I don't think it's nothing wrong about it, it's just uh, basically a composer is, doesn't want to repeat himself, yeah. wants to stay creative. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good explanation mm-hmm. actually. I'm happy you uh, took that up because that's also uh, like a lot of people 
some people, not a lot, but some people don't uh, feel, they say, oh, I don't like modern music. And then I'm like, yeah, but is it because you were first introduced to the classical music? Because a lot of children really likes classical, like more, exactly. modern music. They love it. I think it's awesome. And they're like, oh my God, wow, you know? But then if you go to people who listen to classical, uh, classical music all day, life and classical classical music like from Beethoven and, and Mozart and the classical time they are also like oh I don't like modern music it's, uh, it's so weird and I'm like yeah but maybe it's because you come from a, a place uh, of that you think that this is normal because you were taught that it was normal because I always like actually myself I always felt that why is this so normal why is this so obvious that it should be like this why should it be like this why can we not play something more uh, more spicy I was always mm. asking for more spice mm. <laughs> in the classical um, composing that's more of my taste but I never had the natural feeling that it should be like Beethoven and Mozart did it. I was like, yeah, but it's just it's just as difficult as a, a class or modern piece for me. It's just yeah, we are just playing that the classical way more because we are old-fashioned. I mean, uh, uh, let's say the classical uh, music at, at, at that time was very spicy too, mm. but we we kind of we, we got used to these yeah. spices and we, we need now more spices. Yeah. But let's say uh, I mean, I always quote this like uh, the father of Mozart writing letters to to Vulcan Amadeus and asking him stop writing such complicated and complex music because they probably cannot uh, support it anymore. Now for us it's just like a uh, breakfast music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the same thing about Haydn and being extremely creative, uh, let's say from very beginning, like yeah. uh, with all these symphonies and double bass solo in uh, one of these symphonies, mm -hmm. I think it's eight symphony or something mm -hmm. like that, or like, like the musicians are leaving for stage, etc. I mean, come on, it's just like uh, yeah. it is extremely spicy. And, uh, I don't even talk about the beginning of the 20th century, the, the, you know, uh, Stravinsky, etc. Yeah. Now against Stravinsky, so so normal because we, we got used to it. But um, but and and another part of this is is of course it's a super cliche because contemporary music. What is contemporary music? It's not uh, not having com uh, complexity or not having dissonance. Uh, no, contemporary music music is that actually you're. You have less rules. You're much more free. So uh, yeah, and sure, for some people, freedom is a scary thing. But uh, but basically, that's what contemporary music is, and, and it's a huge variety of, of contemporary music, which you could call from very you know like avant-garde and, and uh, etc. Experimental until let's say very kind of uh, well-behaved, like like uh, minimalism. Yeah. Or 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 part. Yeah. I mean, that's all that contemporary music. Yeah. And um, and another thing is as well that you mentioned a little bit. Like uh, I think uh, indeed the, uh, this kind of that's what I said uh, when we grow up. Let's say by twenty years and maybe come with all set of clothes which somebody was or layer somebody was adding. Yeah. On, you, on you, and one of these layers is, is classical music. Music is like that. And when you start, and you have three classes, uh, and when uh, you listen to music, oh, okay, I need to to uh, find melody, I need to find a harmony, I need to find a rhythm, or something like that. It's reduction. Yeah. Uh, instead of just taking all classes and just perceiving all what it is, yeah. and then maybe you receive uh, you you perceive much more than when these three elementary elements and uh, and uh, and that's what what, 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 what is the difference with kids 
because we don't we, we don't care about the melody or harmony or whatever we don't uh, know what is good or bad what is normal or not normal we just listen we perceive and that's why we, we, for them it's much more fun actually to be honest yeah i think it's uh, it's a very uh, like likable and it's really interesting and intriguing you just have to be a little bit uh, clean from prejudice you know Yeah. So I always think about this fairy tale of Hosi Andersen. It's called the Emperor's New Clothes, mm-hmm. and the emperor is having. There is a like a guy who's making his a cost a costume. It's very beautiful. He says the one who is making the costume, but it's invisible. So. Like he can only see, and everyone is like, "Oh, uh, yeah, he looks very nice," but actually he's walking around naked. And in the end, a little child says, "He's naked," and then everyone starts to laugh at him. So it's a little bit like common perception, pers- uh, perspective, or not? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and a certain kind of let's say, we all uh, human beings maybe have all this kind of uh, insecurities, and uh, through that we have certain uh, part of uh, conservatism. Yeah. And um, maybe. We need to have something, otherwise we would not be able to survive. It's our DNA. I mean, if we were living in savannas, yeah, like I mean, people. Uh, yeah, we had to to make sure just like the we will be not not being eaten. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, But at this uh, moment uh, in the stages, uh, it's not likely to, to be be eating in Maastricht, and uh, and I think it's it is very important. Uh, let's say no, how to say important. Certain people are simply are afraid of kind of uh, opening themselves for let's say new ideas, new sounds. Nothing will happen. You will be not heard. Yeah. But uh, you will have a chance to uh, to perceive something interesting. But uh, but not everybody can do that. Yeah, if you do what everyone else is doing, you will become like everyone else as well. Mm. So it's a little bit uh, hand in hand there. So I wanted also to talk a little bit of your conducting because you won some prizes in competitions about uh, conducting. And how do you do that? Like how do you win a competition a competition in conducting? Like what? elements makes a good conductor and how did you enter these competitions and yeah tell us a little bit yeah. about conducting because you're also conducting and but it was a long time ago and uh, it's kind of uh, I you do you know, recommend people to go into the competitions ah it is a very personal question let's say uh, I've been now in the jury of uh, adult sax uh, international competition which is in the normal one of the biggest for saxophones yeah. right now in the, like last autumn and how to say it has very different aspects it's again uh, for some people maybe it works well It's good to to do that. It forces them to to have a schedule, forces them to 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 go for a duel, etc., etc. But at the same time, equally, it can um, destroy the personality as well. I mean, if somebody is more sensitive, and uh, because competition is a competition, it's running, and uh, it's uh, it has to, you know even let's say I was amazed how. How much attention was given, for example, in uh, Dinan for to 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 do things like uh, as objective as possible and enormous big jury uh, and not talking uh, between us between with your colleagues about and it's and it's still it's a very subjective thing and uh, so it's it's only part let's say uh, is true and plus uh, let's say if you don't win maybe. Uh, This is not, let's say, maybe your development, um, your personal development will come, will just come a few years later. Maybe you're just uh, in a different, uh, yeah. on a different schedule. So it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's very, very 
kind of say, um, I mean, a personal decision to do that. And for some people, it would be good, for some not. Let's say uh, sometimes can can indeed uh, reinforce a little bit by career. Mm. Because uh, it looks good also on the CV, it looks yeah, impressive, yeah. and people are like, oh, competition, that's yeah. something I know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but it's, it's sometimes it can have a totally opposite effect, yeah. and uh, it can tell you, okay, if you try twice or, uh, or three times, I mean, you didn't win, you are not work. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, for example, composers, I'm always saying, just uh, let's say, yeah, why not? I mean, you can participate, just but uh, the best idea, just for composition, it's easier. Just uh, finish a piece, send it, forget about it. Yeah. And if you will hear something, that's great. If you will not hear, that's you forgot about it. Yeah. Um, but don't expect anything. And uh, for me, in my, in my particular case, if, uh, let's say that competition was was uh, let's say it was needed. Because I had a horrible uh, project as a conductor, okay. uh, which was really a nightmare, and I was so uh, um, doubting with my capacities and uh, if I can do it or not. Uh, so I said, okay, look, uh, I do this competition. If it goes well, I uh, I, I will continue. If not, I stop. Oh, okay. So and, and happily, uh, happily. It, went well mm -hmm. so uh, but but it was for me just very very clear and asked a question so how did you prepare for that composition then oh for, i don't remember anymore and uh, i probably i would not uh, be a good advisor because at that moment i was not anymore not not, not such a good um, let's say student um, no my, no my my methods were not, not, not very good at, at how least. would you recommend someone to do it now well it's just i would say uh, just preparing, I don't think it really like preparation should be anything different from preparing a, a normal concert. Mm. Okay. But only you know we have uh, only have a few specialities like like you have like specific things like uh, you don't play maybe you don't play three concerts in three days yeah. in a row. Uh, so that's what you have to 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 learn about that you have to inter integrate into the process. Uh, what else? Um, uh, sometimes you don't know if you play in the second round and the third round, etc. And yeah. final. So that's these are the, that's basically what is different from uh, from a normal concert concert situation. That's in but the rest is just like a preparation, just like like preparing for a normal yeah. concert situation. Okay. How do you prepare for a normal concert preparation? Uh, again, it depends from uh, what I'm doing. I mean, it uh, depends on which pieces are. Uh, basically, good planning is good. It, yeah. It's important. And here I feel a good um, kind of uh, the comfort of being uh, conducted in that sense. But um, as a composer, it's very, it's very hard to plan. Because uh, because in that case, if you want to plan, you need to exactly know what the final destination is, and as a composition, you don't always know about it, so you can uh, hardly plan. Yeah. As a conductor, it's very easy. You have a piece for yourself, and you you I mean, the first step is is basically like going quickly for a piece, just discovering how much amount of work you need to invest. And uh, there are some some very very hard difficult uh, parts which which you uh, need to really invest a lot of time. Is that something? More or less clear, or is that uh, what the speciality is with aesthetic? Uh, do you understand the aesthetics of, of that uh, particular piece, etc.? So that that would be my 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 preparation, and according to that, let's say uh, I have planned backwards the time uh, oh, yeah. from the concert. Huh? Yeah, I was find that very useful always. 
mm. try to go where do I want to do uh, want to be and then go back like from that okay what's the step under and under yeah. and under until I am in the bottom yeah. because sometimes starting from the bottom is too far to the yeah. concept yeah and and adding some bombs yeah. uh, a little bit uh, maybe uh, you know maybe uh, you will be sick maybe uh, another day you will be not in a form etc so it's so just maybe some parts uh, will need to, to have more time in that case if you are ready you you go for a coffee yeah that's nice. Mm. I wanted also to ask you about uh, what to if I want to make a um, compact advice for if you want to start composing. Mm -hmm. What should I do? So we have you told us already that uh, you need a lot of theory. That's also how you started. Mm -hmm. You dig yourself into theory to know a lot about theory. And um, what more could you? Like, no, I would say rather opposite. Uh, I mean, theory comes. Okay. I mean, it. I would not uh, because that would be a. Uh, could be a very dangerous path, okay. you know. Uh, okay, I need to know that and that and that and that and that okay. and that, and it never stops. Okay. And we never <laughs> arrive to it's like uh, like being uh, uh, forever in preparation. Yeah. So the, I, I would rather say the opposite. If you want to uh, to to start composing, start composing. Okay. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. And start composing, and uh, and after that uh, you automatically will arrive to some uh, boundaries. And composing is um, like actually the definition of composing is putting sounds together. Definition of, of composing is uh, if I I want to be very free here, so that's what I'm saying to to every student. If like there is no one way, you don't need to be uh, to have a composer look mm -hmm. and uh, have a perfect studio, a perfect table, and piano and sit and uh, you know uh, if you can uh, let's say my idea if you can uh, sing something in your uh, phone. Sing, do okay. it. If you can uh, paint something uh, like in a sort of graphical notation, do it. If uh, if you can improvise and do it, and after that, let's say uh, the next step would be uh, to see what is the final destination and how to translate into a uh, kind of score if it's needed. So, yeah. But uh, but basically, you know, you start composing, and uh, you uh, after that you meet, you you will see what problems you to, to which problems you arrive. Yeah. And, and at that moment where you can go specifically and go to a, uh, to do some research about some some theory about that specific moment okay. uh, or some uh, learn some uh, some other things. But first thing, if you want to uh, to compose, compose. Yeah. Wow, that's a good advice of uh, learning by doing and. Um... I'm gonna try to wrap it up, but I'm just gonna squeeze out a little bit more from you. I, I would like to talk about so much more things. Uh, we didn't even have time to go into talk about your work. But if we're gonna look into the future then, what future projects are you doing and what do you think about the future? What is gonna happen? Oh, um, I just finished a, a book by Harari. Yeah, you know. yeah me too, yeah. The Homodeus and the hum Homo sapiens. Yeah, no. Uh, the two hordeos uh, yeah. and, and, and uh, uh, advices for 21st century. Yeah. This is kind of scary. So, uh, but it's uh, what he's talking about. But uh, you have to. I mean, uh, the, the changes will be very quick and very radical. And it goes in uh, about this and dataism, algorithmism, and uh, so basically the, the intelligent. Um, uh, computers. So um, let's 
all clear that actually we are, we are going to use more and more technology. We are going to use uh, more smart computers, which can do sometimes even uh, write music for us. So it's and the way how the music will be presented is going to change probably as well. It's talking. So the whole industry is going to change. Yep. And therefore, it's even more difficult to to uh, to give any uh, you know to, to think about the future. But I somehow want to believe uh, that this we um, have a need being of doing something creative. And I'm not speaking about composers, writers, musicians. I'm speaking about any regular person, yep. uh, because otherwise our life would be too flat. And uh, this is some kind of a hidden door to beyond of that. Uh, flat life and um, so that's my hope is basically that creativity will, 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 will be still needed always yep. and in which forms uh, to be honest I think it, it will go more and more into the what we call now experimental yep. because uh, that's when we were talking about this concert halls and uh, kind of all structures I think these all structures will slowly uh, uh, disappear or maybe partially disappear but it will be not as important as, as it is now and, and you you see now it's, it's already like we are listening a lot of Spotify, iTunes etc yeah. so we are listening more music uh, for headphones and than listening listening live and I think it will go even stronger in the future yeah. but maybe maybe that uh, maybe better quality better more interestingly, you know, maybe you can do specializations and while you are doing that, etc. Uh, and in that case, I think it, it, it opens up the door for different types of music more because it's less commercial. Yeah. So uh, the, the concert hall is not risking so much actually by playing contemporary piece and uh, it's this low-cost project so it makes uh, a whole actually that's what we can see now actually uh, the, the liberalization and democratization of the publishing process yeah before it was very elite if you were not published by by a great publishing house you you, you do not exist as a composer now it's actually it's not in that need anymore the, these this big publishing houses are going to disappear yeah. very disappearing right now and uh, so that's that's a positive development of course, if, uh, again, uh, the question will be if all this information is available, how did you, did you get to, to this information, etc. Yeah. So, but it's very hard to talk about it. Do you think, because sometimes during history I've seen that it goes like forward and then it goes, oh no, we go back. <clears throat> and then we go forward and then we go back. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to happen as well? That we're like, oh, back to the old ways and then back again. Forward again, or do you think it's going to go forward, forward, forward? Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I call it Lenin. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't like, but that's like, <laughs> like two steps uh, forward and one back. Yeah. But uh, but it's still actually two steps forward. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's, so I think that's, that's basically what is going on. I mean, the technologies are going so far that there will be no way back but of course we'll need to to, to find a balance between between yeah. us between our real life and uh, yeah and adapt to the society exactly yeah, yeah. lastly i want you to uh, give advice to a person in the music school and then to one in the conservatorium and then one who is a professional so a colleague maybe uh, so you're gonna have a little advice session what's yeah, you say? Uh, to give an advice to a person you don't know it's it's very hard 
So, of so yeah, it is a it's, it's a complex. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's back to my belief that that uh, you don't have a perfect teacher and you don't have perfect advice because it's just mm. a general thing. No, I think it's uh, I mean general thing is is uh, as uh, for maybe for all three of, of these generations, basically, is the main thing is actually is uh, not to be afraid for being uh, being yourself. Mm-hmm. And search for for that yourself. Uh, that's the main thing. And after that, let's say if that would lead to to, to music, that's that's great. If it would lead to something else where you where you are really connected to yourself in that activity, that's that's uh, what we call it. Good. Yeah. So I think that's that would be the advice. Uh, because again, in the school, we are, I mean, uh, the teachers and the systems are putting the layers, uh, yeah. different layers uh, on you and. Uh, you go to the conservator, it's ex- exactly the same happening in a different yeah. uh, value system. Okay, this is good, this is bad. It's uh, why? Uh, keep asking uh, uh, why this is good and why this is not good and how, how do you see it, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And and for the latest for professionals, you know, it's basically uh, nothing changed uh, after after you finish your study. It's basically you, you you're still a person uh, which needs to constantly adapt and learn. Yeah. So, uh, so I believe that okay, I'm done now, and uh, so it's a very wrong idea, basically. Yeah. So find something that makes you happy, and in that way you will find yourself. Yeah. A little bit to make it a short, yeah. short version. And um, what what can we uh, expect from you in the future? What is uh, where can we see you next time? Where where can we find you? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, so concert-wise. Yeah, yeah. maybe or. Um, if you're doing, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, I'm doing uh, quite a lot now. It's uh, quite, a, yeah, I, I do a lot of pedagogy, you know, it's like a massive uh, full composition class. So if you want to study for you, you can go to Lithuania, to the conservatory, yeah, uh, or like, here? Uh, like, I do uh, two different things, like in the master, yeah. I have a composition class, and in Vilnius, I have a master program from contemporary performance. Okay. So, um, it's uh, two different activities, but very, very interesting uh, yeah. activity. As well, uh, I start now a uh, New, uh, besides of my uh, my new works which I'm yeah. writing, uh, uh, I start to create now a, a, a series uh, for contemporary music by uh, actually now well-known uh, label for free improvisation. It's called No Business Records, oh, nice. uh, which is based in Vilnius, and we are right now starting a, a series for contemporary music, and mm-hmm. that's that's quite uh, exciting as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, can if people want to know more about that progress, they can find it on your website, for example. Yes. Yes. So it's uh, www.vikintas. No, just no? Baltikas. Oh, Baltikas. Yeah. Sorry. So there you can find you, and do you have an Instagram or Facebook or something like this? I have Facebook, I have yeah. Spotify, uh, Yeah, you have iTunes, Spotify and YouTube yeah, yeah. also, where you can listen to your yeah. music, for example. You have a lot of uh, CDs on Spotify as well. Really amazing music, so I really recommend people to go there and have, have a listen, because it's also really uh, cool musicians that are playing in your CD, so it's uh, really an, an experience. And the concerts... You can also find uh, concerts from your students here in the Conservatorium of Maastricht and also in Vilnius. And I hope they post it on the website. The next concert is, is in Holland, in uh-huh. the yeah. Musikfabrik, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, almost a portrait concert of uh, my music with four, the new, uh, four pieces of, uh, of uh, my, of me. Uh, it will be in Tilburg on the oh. 5th of February. 5th of February. 
Okay, very well. Uh, thank you so much for being here and sharing a little bit of your life. We could uh, for sure continue for hours more, but you have students waiting, so I will release you. Uh, how was it for you to be in the podcast? Great. Yeah. Thanks. You have a very good conversation partner. Yeah. Yeah. It was not too hard questions. So. No. <laughs>